live on Instagram, uh, just waiting for Facebook to catch up here. It should be in a second. All right, real quick, uh, question came in, and I thought it was worth the time to do a video, a live video. If you have a question during this video, if you're watching it, and you want to ask it to me, I'd be glad to answer it if I can answer it, if I know the answer. If not, when I get off the live video, if you ask me a question I don't know the answer to, I will research it for you. However, this question is posed to me a lot, so I thought I'd give more value to everybody if I just answer it in general. And this is the question. Hey, Uncle Dan, question for you. What can be done further when someone denies consent to search the vehicle? My stops don't have any odor of marijuana or anything in plain view, but they are given a very, very strong indicator that something is going on and they'd be screwed. For example, multiple look back, shallow, rapid breathing, sweating, saying um or huh for basic questions. When I ask for consent, they, they, they say pound sand. And I cannot get any canines to come do a sniff. Any ideas would be appreciated. Thanks, Jason. So let's break this down from the beginning on, first off, let's talk about gaining consent. So having factual understanding of what consent is, what it means, and how to explain it correctly is going to be paramount. What is also paramount is the way you communicate with somebody. In my career, I have seen many people who could get consent, like myself, not tooting my own horn with all humility, I could get consent from just about anybody, right? In almost any circumstance or situation because I worked on my communication skills daily. I had good communication skills when I was younger. I have good communication skills now. That's kind of the a little bit of the secret sauce of street cop training is that I can show up in a, in a venue or a forum and communicate well what I'm trying to explain to everybody. So when you have those skills, they're paramount. Just because you don't have those skills doesn't mean you can't develop those skills. I get a lot of people complaining to me about new officers who can't communicate. Um, guys, there were new officers 20 years ago when I started who couldn't communicate. If you're some of those people who don't want to speak up, you've got to practice that and get better at speaking up and asking questions. It's interesting. It's like talking to the hot chick at the bar, right? So when you get enough courage to walk up to her and say hello or for the guys, whatever your preference is, or if you're a female, whatever it may be. Um, opening your mouth and saying hello will at least get you a shot at going home with somebody. With doing nothing, you'll find yourself in front of your computer at 3 o'clock in the morning, pants around your ankles. So if you see my point, you have to get the courage to develop and practice your skills. You've got to understand the game and talking to people as a police officer. That is a such a powerful skill. Um, man, I don't even know if it's that that skill could be considered even more powerful than case law knowledge. Case law knowledge is 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 powerful, but the communication ability, they're so they're both very, very important. The ability to communicate with somebody is so, so good. And when you can when you're someone that communicate well with somebody, you are you're really just a useful tool and you can develop that skill. So my guess is that you're probably not communicating super well. Denying, getting denied consent once in a while. Um, and again, I haven't been a police officer in the realm of the current circumstances, situations. However, getting denied consent frequently reveals to me that you're having a problem communicating what you're trying to communicate. So don't forget, treat motor vehicle stops like they're your, like these people with utmost respect, with kindness, compassion. Uh, you don't have to have an overabundance of bravado on a traffic stop. You can talk to people like they're people. And like, think about how you would want to be talked to if you were in that situation and what you would cooperate with the most. 
And one of my theories is nobody works with a dickhead. So if you sound like a dickhead, even if you're not trying to sound like a dickhead, nobody works with a fucking dickhead. So don't work with, don't sound like a dickhead on a traffic stop. It gets no, sounding like a dickhead in almost any circumstance in the history of your life will never serve you well. Just to be quite honest with you, if you don't think that's true, wait till you get married and talk to your wife like a dickhead and see how that works out for you. I can tell you it don't work out that good. That's why I don't talk to my wife like a dickhead. Now, the second question is, um, he has no canine available. This is another interesting one. And it stems from a few different misnomers in law enforcement. The first one is this. They don't think there's canine available, a canine's available because they have one trick if they need to get a dog. We call the sheriff's department. If he ain't working, then we're screwed. Well, what you didn't know was you were close to an airport and the guy from CBP has this drug sniffing dog in town. There's a trooper who you don't know lives in town who has a drug sniffing dog that you can call and he has authorization to come out. Um, there's a town so far where they have a dog, they have the ability to come out. So before you need a dog, and I've said this, I pounded, um, I pounded this into the ground a hundred times before you need a dog, make sure you have a dog plan in place, a canine Rolodex, right? I don't want to have one person's number in my phone and that's it. If I can't get that guy or girl, then I can't get a dog. We've got it. And you got to make sure your SOPs and your administration's on board and knowing what the plan of action is going to be when you encounter what you believe is reasonable suspicion based on the totality of facts, actual things that happen in circumstances that lead a reasonable, prudent person to believe that they are in the presence of something other than a typical traffic stop, criminal activity. So you're going to have to have that. Now, with that being said, um, dog, right? Let me go back to the question to refresh my memory. I would say that once you have that Rolodex in place, oh, the, the second misnomer that people have, people don't realize because they've been told by their shift commander, Captain So-and-so, right? Like somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about, but you believe they do often because of some kind of title. Like my district attorney said this, right? Like, by the way, on a quick side note, all of those people who are in those positions that are beneficial to all of us, captains and lieutenants and sergeants and chiefs and deputy chiefs and district attorneys, the ones who actually know what they're talking about. And if they don't deploy enough humility to say, I don't know that I will look into it, but not the ones who can't be talked to because they have a title. What I can't stand about this profession is the constant recycling of misinformation that's going on. So you have the internet. If you're looking for answers, you can always reach out to us for do an internet search and do the research on it. Uh, you need to know when you're getting a question, an answer from somebody on a question that the person who's giving you the, the answer actually knows what they're talking about. For new guys, it is very interesting because you think, right? You think because somebody has that great title and they're introduced as this, that they're going to have the answer. And, and frankly, that doesn't mean anything, right? I always tell people, don't tell me who you are, show me what you've done. And what do you know? That don't get enamored by things like that. Have respect, right? All that stuff. But you don't have to be like, well, fuck you. You don't know anything. You're supposed to know it. Um, you can have respect and disengage. Uh, can you just leave that open for a minute? I'm almost done. Thank you. It's too hot in here. I'm in this office. Closing goddamn doors up me. Thank you. Now she's opening the door. This kind of respect. This is what goes on here. Anyway, they got a lot of people working outside my office right now. So, um, Anyway, Mark Sokolov, so you stop and laugh for a second. Oh, so if you have, if you have, if you have to, I didn't see this. If you have to suck 10 weenies one time or one weenie 10 times, which one would you pick? Love you, buddy. 
Uh, that's a hard one. Let me think about that and get back to you because I mean, what a deal it sounds. Could you, could, you, could you ask for anything uh, better deal in life than that kind of proposition? All right, Mark. Uh, anyway, so one of the business misconceptions is how long you can wait for a dog. And don't forget, we go into U.S. versus Sharp, which says as long as police officers diligently pursuing his or her active investigation, they're using their resources appropriately. So let me give you an example. If canine handler Stevenson is working at this department and he's 17 minutes away, and at the moment they had a reasonable suspicion, asked for consent, and were denied, that police officer acted prudently and called for that police officer to respond 17 minutes away, but it was maybe six minutes into the stop already. That's acceptable. There is no time limit on it. There's reasonableness associated with this. But in other states, like uh, I remember reading one in Wyoming, in Wyoming, I mean, they are spread out. There's like 600,000 residents for a state that's like 10 times the size of New Jersey, maybe more, maybe like 12 times the size of New Jersey. And uh, what they, I keep getting the door shut on us. And just screwing up my goddamn lives. Anyway, um, and what they said was, yeah, like the guy that I consent, they called the only sheriff available to canine. He was 91 minutes away. They had a ton of reasonable suspicions because the courts found they had the reasonable suspicion to extend the stop. That was their diligent pursuit. They waited 91 minutes. We have cases in New Jersey, State versus Dickey, and they talk about a two-hour mark being permissive under the right circumstance, not every circumstance. So uh, read that case, get familiar with it, and don't get confused. Like The one thing that irritates the shit out of me is when people are like, you know, guys will be on something really good. They'll have the right training, and the people who are in charge of them or making the calls will be like, Oh, well, the dog's 47 minutes away. You can't call. Cut him loose. Cut him loose. Like, why are we letting criminals escape when you have it all, right? The fish is there. You can see color. And we're letting them escape because the captain's like, oh, yeah, no, it's not the captain, like, per se, like, for the relation to the ship quote. Um, and, and people are getting released because of people who are making calls who have no clue what they're talking about. Like, literally zero understanding of how the law works. So I said to you all the time, and I, I say this to everybody, don't tell me who you are. Show me what you've done. I don't care who you are. I'm not impressed because I know in many circumstances what it takes to become who you are, right? I'm not impressed with somebody who can study for a bar exam and just information and vomit it onto paper, but can't contextualize in the realm of reality of how this actually applies. So if you know what you're talking about, great. Use that information, share it with everybody else. But if you don't, you have an obligation to not mislead people. If you are somebody who's in a position where you're going to dictate whether or not circumstances occur, it behooves you. You must know. You must spend the time in understanding how the law works so we're not letting bad people escape and go cause harm. You are directly responsible for anybody who becomes a victim after that possible apprehension where if it was done properly, it would have occurred. So you got to think about those things. Uh, I have nothing else regarding this topic. Hopefully you found value in it. U.S. versus Sharp is the case that I quoted. Spend time reading case. So if you need anything, reach out to us. By the way, check out the streetcoptraining.com. We have a full calendar. Uh, we have September booked up. Alabama, uh, Prince George's County, Maryland, waiting on the Richmond area of Virginia. Hopefully we'll get something back today on that. Spoke to West Virginia. We have, where else am I going? Uh, Charleston, South Carolina. They're, they're finalizing that. 
Uh, we have a lot of things coming up, so pay attention to where the classes are going to be if you're trying to get in one. And if we owe you a class because you took a webinar, because you get the class for free too, just keep an eye out because we're trying to get back. If some states are losing restrictions, we are trying to get back into the field. Uh, coming to Wisconsin in two weeks, right? You're in Wisconsin, right outside of Minneapolis. We'll be at OCO, Wisconsin. Zach Ryan Roosh right there says that. Uh, we'll be in Mississippi next week. Still time to get into that class. We'll be right 10 minutes south of Memphis. If you want to make up the class for that too, it's going to be the Landry Center. Um, I'll be there. Uh, Kenny's got one coming up on August 3rd in, uh, in Indianapolis. We still have like 11 spots left in that class. He's at, I don't want to see the number on it because we don't want to poke and provoke anybody to try to run interference on us. But anyway, without further ado, always here to help. Reach out to me if I can do anything for you.